Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen, and today is October 18th. Today we are going to continue in the book of Jeremiah. And today we're going to start to see a lot of the hope that Jeremiah is going to offer through the atonement of Jesus Christ and because of the love that God has for his children. It's interesting, we know that the book of Jeremiah is a lot of warning, it's a lot of woe, but there's also a lot of hope in Christ to be found if we're looking for it. It's interesting, these last verses of Jeremiah that we study are verses in which Jeremiah is in prison. And so the hope that he writes from his dire circumstances is really, really neat. So let's dive in. Let's take a look at what Jeremiah wants to teach us. In chapter 31, verse 7, it says, For thus saith the Lord, Sing with gladness for Jacob, and shout among the chief of the nations. Publish ye, praise ye, and say, O Lord, save thy people, the remnant of Israel. Now, keep in mind as we go throughout these verses, when Jeremiah is talking about Jacob, he's talking about Israel there. Remember, Jacob was the father of Israel, and so those two terms go hand in hand. Then he's going to continue on, and he says, Behold, I will bring them from the north country, and gather them from the coasts of the earth, and with them the blind, and the lame, the woman with child, and her that travaileth with child together. A great company shall return thither. They shall come with weeping and with supplications. Will I lead them? I will cause them to walk by the river of water in a straight way, wherein they shall not stumble. For I am a father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. So let's dive into that just a little bit, because what I love here, let's start at the end. The Lord is going to say, I am a father to Israel. I love that because oftentimes throughout the Old Testament, we hear about the God of Israel, right? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob the God of Israel. Here, I love the shift in terminology. As the Lord is talking about gathering his people to him, he doesn't say, I'm the God of Israel. He says, I'm the father of Israel. And Ephraim is my firstborn. Now that's interesting because we know Ephraim was very much not the firstborn. In fact, he wasn't born of Jacob at all. Ephraim was the firstborn of Joseph. However, Joseph was the birthright son meaning Ephraim became the birthright son of Jacob. So here we're seeing this covenant language there. Ephraim is my firstborn. He's talking about this covenant that's going through Ephraim, the priesthood that goes through Ephraim. So I love that beautiful language that we have there that teaches us about the love that God has for his children. In fact, if we go up a little bit in these verses, verse three, it says, the Lord hath appeared of old unto me saying, yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, have I drawn thee. Now let's remember what we learned a couple of weeks ago about that word loving kindness. That word loving kindness was thrown in there because the real word didn't exist in the English language. That word loving kindness, the real word is hased which is a covenant love that God has for his children. And so here it's because of that covenant love that God is going to gather his children. Yes, is he our God? Absolutely. But he is also the father to Israel, the father of us. And because of that covenant relationship with Ephraim and with us, because of that hasen, he will continue to seek us out and to gather us together. In fact, look at some of the language that we see 
in verse 8. He says, I'll bring them from the north country and gather them from the coasts. And so he's giving us this image of bringing in from every corner, right? He doesn't just say, well, I'll bring them in from the north. He's like, no, I'm going to bring them in from the north, the south, the east, the west, the coast, anywhere they are. I'm going to seek them out and I'm going to find them. And who is he going to find? He's going to find Israel, yes. But he's going to find people on top of that. It says with them, with Israel, he's going to bring the blind and the lame, the woman with child and she that travaileth with child together. He is willing to gather all his children, even and maybe especially the ones that are struggling the most, the blind, the lame, they that are with child, they that are in labor. He is reaching out to all his children, no matter where they are, to gather them safely home to him. That is his hased. That is the blessing of our covenant relationship with him. Whether or not we fully understand that covenant, whether or not we're living that covenant, our covenants bind us to God in a way that I think that we don't quite understand. Our covenants allow him to seek us out, to find us, to bring us back to him. Now, what's even better is that he's going to lead us home to him. And it says, I will cause them to walk by the rivers of water in a straight way, wherein they shall not stumble. Now, I don't know about you, but I've never seen a straight river ever. (laughs) In fact, when traveling along the river, it takes twice as long because you're following the river and you're going up and down and back and forth and you're cutting all throughout the land. But what it's saying here is that God is going to find the straightest, simplest way to bring us back to him so that we can come back and not stumble. Now, what's cool here is if you'll remember in Isaiah, we talked about the idea of dualistic prophecies, prophecies that are true of Isaiah's day, as well as days that would be in the future, our day or the millennial day. Here, we're seeing this dualistic prophecy again. God is talking about his desire to gather his children, his desire to allow our covenants to bring us back to him. Now, that was true as Babylon came in, destroyed Jerusalem, and carried people captive. God was promising to gather his people again. But this prophecy goes beyond the scattering of Israel and the captivity of Babylon. In our day, God is actively working and striving to gather his children. But the beautiful thing about the gathering of his children is that he invites us to be part of that work. I am thoroughly convinced that God could do whatever he needed to do to gather his children to him, all by himself if he needed. When we say that he is all-powerful, he is all-powerful. He could do that. But the beautiful thing is, he invites us to come into that work, to be an under-shepherd with him, to find his lost children, to reach out to them, to love them the way he loves them, to seek those who are straying and those who are lost. And the beauty of that is not only do we get to experience a rich relationship with God's children, but God is able to change our hearts, make us better, make us more like him as we work in his work. Now, we've talked about this idea of hased, this covenant relationship with God, but now he's going to teach us more about covenants and how our covenants are going to help us return to him. Flip on over to verse 31. It says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break, 
although I was a husband unto them, saith the Lord. But this shall be the covenant which I shall make unto the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law into their inward parts, and write in their hearts, and will be their God, and they shall be my people. My friends, God has created or given us a new covenant, meaning this is not the covenant or the law that he gave to Moses or to Abraham or Isaac or Jacob. This is a higher and a holier covenant that he has now given to us and that we have the opportunity to covenant with him, to bind ourselves to him in newer and holier ways. And in doing so, in making that type of covenant and keeping that type of covenant, God's law and his love gets written on our hearts. Listen to how President Nelson phrased it. He said, when we realize that we are children of the covenant, we know who we are and what God expects of us. His law is written in our hearts. He is our God and we are his people. Committed children of the covenant remain steadfast, even in the midst of adversity. The greatest compliment that can be earned here in this life is to be known as a covenant keeper. The rewards for a covenant keeper will be realized both here and hereafter. My friends, it's my testimony that because of that covenant relationship that we have with God, we can have all the faith and trust and joy that God will find his children. The ones that are lost, the ones who are straying, the ones that we weep for, we can have faith that God sees them. He knows them and his hased is forever reaching out to them. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen. 